0: Bibles to Psalm 23, you might also want to turn to Galatians chapter 6, wow how many times have we read this? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness or mercy... Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then this little solitary verse from Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. If you have a pencil... You might want to take that pencil or pen and, and jot this statement in the margin beside Psalm 23, if you can do that. It's not a very long statement. It's one of the favorite things, for me at least, that Billy Graham ever said. You know, sometimes there is almost a sermon in a sentence. I mean, it it's enough. You could take the sentence, you could go home, and you could just meditate on that sentence, and it would be enough. And here's what he said Mountaintops are for views and inspiration but fruit is grown in the valleys. Read that again. Mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is grown in the valleys. I think all of us who enjoy going to the mountains love those overlooks where you get near the top or the summit of the mountain, and you're able to get out, and maybe it's a fall day, and the air is brisk, and the wind is cool against your face and you step out there and you look over the valley and it seems like you can see mountain peaks for as far as you can see and it's an inspiring place and we breathe and somehow the air just seems better up there and in spite of the fact there's really less oxygen in it but it just seems invigorating to get up on the mountaintop And to look across that scenic panorama, mountaintops are for views and inspiration. What person does not go to the mountaintop and sense the very presence of God? Was it not Moses who went up on top of Mount Sinai? Was it not Jesus who went up on the Mount of Transfiguration? I mean, that's where we get inspired. That's where our hearts are touched. But the fruit is grown in the valleys. And the valleys are where spiritual battles and life are fought and won. Those are fought and won in the valleys. The fruit of the Christian life grows and is harvested in the valleys. And, and that truth is reflected throughout Scripture. Gethsemane is a garden located where? At the foot of the Mount of Olives. It is the place where Jesus prayed and his disciples slept in the night before his crucifixion. What do we find at the foot of the mountain? We find the the valley. Gethsemane is where Jesus sweated drops of blood as he agonized in prayer. Not long after he instituted this supper. As you know, Gethsemane means oil press. Gethsemane was the place of pressure in the valley at the foot of the mountain called Olivet. David wrote in Psalm 23, even though I walk through what? The valley of the shadow of death. David fought Goliath where? In the valley of Elah. Joshua and the armies of Israel fought their enemies as they uh, took the promised land. Where were the battles? The battles were always in the valleys. Even the battle of Armageddon is said to be fought in the valley or the plain of Megiddo. Valleys can be hard places. But interestingly enough, they are the places where fruit grows. Think about the San Joaquin Valley in California, the Yakima Valley in Washington, the Central Valley in Chile. Uh, Think about Israel. Israel has seen so much war and bloodshed in its history, but the Jordan Valley and the Jezreel Valleys are incredibly fruitful places in that little tiny country of Israel, which is a highly technological country, still grows almost all of its own food in those places where those dry and barren valleys are fed by irrigation and wonderful, fruitful places result. Most of us, I think, I know I do, want a smooth and problem-free life. That's not how it works. Fruit grows in the valleys, in the hard places of life. In many of those valleys I mentioned, that the, 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 the valley itself is dry and, and, and barren apart from water. But what makes the valley so productive is when you bring water into it, you find that the soil is very, very fertile. And when you think about life for us, you think about the scripture and you think about the people that we model our lives after, when you think about the people of the scripture, it just seems like everything good that happened in their life in regard to fruit. I'm not saying it was pleasant, but I'm saying just the fruit. The fruit happened to be produced in the valleys of their lives. Whether it was Noah or Abraham or Job, Joseph or Moses. David, Elijah, Jeremiah, Peter, Paul, Stephen, and John, they all lived fruitful lives, but the fruit came in the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, what one of us would not like to receive the rewards that Joseph and Moses and Peter and Paul will receive from Christ? The apostle Paul wrote at the end of his life, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but all to all who have loved his appearing. That, that drink offering is an interesting phrase. What was the drink offering? Almost without exception, it was the wine produced by the grapes that grew in the promised land. It's wine. And wine is made from grapes that are grown in the valley and harvested and crushed and strained and bottled. Paul said, I have fought the good fight, I am being poured out as a drink offering. Literally, Paul is saying, I am being crushed, and then I am being poured out as a drink offering to my great Savior. Paul was crushed and poured out on the altar, and that's what happens in the valley for all of us. And that's the way it was for countless people in the Bible. They were crushed and poured out and while we don't like to think about it, it is often that way for us. We get inspired on the mountaintop and we love those mountaintop experiences and we wish that we could just have a life full of mountaintop experiences. But they don't grow fruit on top of the mountain. The fruit is grown in the depths of the valley and that principle applies throughout your life. That principle of finding fruit produced in the valley rather than on the mountaintop is true in your marriage. You know, I mentioned this morning that Vivian and I uh, today celebrate our 45th wedding anniversary. And, you know, I could tell you it was all easy. that We never had any kind of difficulties or hardships Our hearts were never broken. We never went through any difficult or dark seasons. But that wouldn't be true. I imagine in your marriage there have been those same seasons. And and they come in so many forms. It's not always easy to live in the same space. It really gets tough when someone gets sick. It gets tough when you lose your job. It gets tough as you, as you raise children. I mean, we love their little faces and we love their pictures. Someone asked me, does your granddaughter smile all the time? No. They just take her picture when she's smiling. I mean, how many of you want to share pictures? I could go to your house and I could look at your children. How many times do you have pictures of your children where they're just having a conniption, a fit, a meltdown? I mean, never. How many of you were asked you to show me the pictures associated with your wedding would would show the pictures from two nights before when the bride-to-be is pulling out her hair and she's having a a fit or or the groom-to-be is doing the same thing? I mean, it's just we take the pictures on the mountaintop. We don't take them in the valleys. But it's in those hard times as we're raising our children that the fruit in those children's lives is... Is produced. Building a home. Not always an easy thing. You know, you go to somebody's house and you walk through it and it seems so nice and beautiful, but it was just a piece of dirt before the clearing was done and the construction was done and and all the other things associated with building a house. Your education... We love that day when graduation comes. You know, we see our our, our children walk across the stage and receive their diploma. But that's not where the diploma comes from. It doesn't come from that day. It comes from the four years of valleys that you go through as a student. And in your career, we always look forward to those times when we're going to get that promotion. But you learn how to do your job in the valley of failure. And in the church, so many people that I've talked to over the years love it when the church is happy, when everybody's getting along, when the bills are being paid, and the babstery's full, and, and, and every, everything is going well. And they, Why can't it always be like that? Because that's not the way you produce fruit. It just doesn't work that way. Even in the church, you go through valleys, dark places. Would you expect that the church would be any different than the life of Christ? When Jesus said, you know, come and follow me, did you not think that he would carry you through the valley? In communities. When our hearts are broken... When we go to the funeral of someone that we love, a friend we grew up with, and and we shake our head, and yet, sometimes in the midst of those situations, fruit. What about in your Christian service? What about in the places where you wanted to give up, and you wanted to quit, and you wanted to just, I mean, this is the thing that happens with ministers all the time. You know, they, they serve in a place for a couple of years, and it gets kind of tough, and and. Say, Lord, maybe you're calling me to somewhere else. And uh, I thought about trying to operate my ministry that way. But if I had, I would have probably served in 50 churches rather than three. Yeah, we look forward to the graduation. We look forward to the wedding. We look forward to the promotion, the award, the trophy. But the victories aren't won on the mountaintop. They're won in the valley. Why? And here's the really important part of the message. Why is it that the fruit grows in the valley? Why is it that the victories are won in the valley? Why is it that the valley is so important? What is it about the valley? And and it goes back to Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley... Of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. It's not saying that there isn't evil. In the valley. (laughs) The valley is full of evil. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. Not because the evil isn't there. But because. The psalmist goes on to say. You are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why is it that the victories are won in the valleys and not on the mountaintops? And it is because it is in the valley where we most depend on the Lord. Jesus said in John 15... If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So let's review. Very simple, very straightforward, a little devotional tonight. Mountaintops are for views and inspiration, and they have their place. And I hope you get to see a bunch of them. Mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but the fruit is grown in the valley. Why? Because it is in the valley of the shadow of death where we most depend upon the Lord. And it is the Lord who brings the fruit in our lives. Jesus said in John 15:5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Sometimes in the mountaintops, we don't think much about our need for God. Maybe that's why there is no fruit produced on the mountaintop. But when we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death, we are crying out and clinging to the Lord. And as we cry out and cling to him and abide in him, it is then that the fruit is produced. I don't know much about fruit. But my daddy used to talk to me about something called chilling hours. And he used to say you could tell a lot about how much fruit you were going to have in the summer by how cold it was in the winter. And if you think about it, one of the reasons we have so much trouble growing apples down here that are good and why they grow so well up in Washington or down in Chile Or in Oregon, is their winters are a little more harsh. I happen to notice this year, Mama's pear trees ought to do a better job of taking care of them. You remember we had a kind of cold winter; her trees were loaded down this summer. Last year, the year before, it was kind of a mild winter. She hardly had a single pear. And I'm told that that's especially true with peaches. Mama doesn't have any peach trees. We had them at one time, but we don't. But Daddy gave up on peaches and turned to persimmons. I don't know why, but uh, he grew a lot of persimmons. But the point is just simply this. Fruit grows in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of thy enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. When I was a kid, I used to say, does that mean the cup overflows with oil? I don't think that's what it says. Oil is a symbol of healing. And it says, look, Lord, you meet my every need. You you anoint me with oil. You heal me and my cup overflows, you provide a great harvest for me. You, you meet my needs as far as, as, as the physical needs, the, 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 the needs of the soul, that, that which is represented by, by the fruit of the vine. So I think when we see that cup overflows, it just means even though I've gone through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I fear no evil. You are with me, and somehow when it's all over with, Lord, I have everything I need in life. Would you pray with me, and Lord? A very simple message, but a very important one. I must admit, Father, I do not like time in the valley. I do not like the dryness, the barrenness. I do not like the place where wars are fought. I enjoy the victory. But I don't like a lot of the things that happen in the valley. Lord, I'd love to be on the mountaintop all the time. I would love to always enjoy those beautiful, inspiring views. I'd I'd like to think like the the disciples thought on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let's build some booze, Lord. Let's just sit here and celebrate and enjoy. That's what I'd like to do. But life doesn't work that way. you know best. The valleys we hate are the very valleys that produce the fruit that's the sweetest. God, give us grace to look to you when we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. Understanding that it is there that we receive the greatest blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. This time we're going to ask our deacons to come forward and we're going to celebrate together the Lord's Supper.